You're listening to Simple Words Radio, episode 80, and today we're talking all about body love. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. I'm Alexa. This is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. Today, we want to help you on your journey of finding joy. And I feel like I say that in every podcast, and maybe that's my mission here, is to really just help you live life to the fullest, to step outside of everything that holds you back, and try to experience more joy. And joy doesn't always mean a happy, perfect life, but joy comes in inconsistencies and pain and sometimes even suffering. Yet joy means looking at it with a new perspective, a new lens, and that foundation of faith, which we're going to dig into more this summer, which I'm so excited about. And not to mention, coming up on the podcast this summer is that special series of your most embarrassing health questions. I've gotten everything from bowel movements to libido to the birth control pill, uh, pregnancy questions, and so much more. So I can't wait to dig into those coming up this summer and dig into this faith component because the more I learn about it, the more excited I get for it. And really at the end of the day, maybe this whole faith and a mindset connection could be the key to lasting health. So tons of research is coming your way, tons of information and guides to help you along that path. So again, thank you so much for being here. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name's Jenna Kucher. She is a Wisconsin-based photographer, although I believe she's moving to Minnesota. Originally born in Duluth, Minnesota and moving back there. Anyways, a photographer who has really grown her business and her audience, and now she's tapped into body love. And that really was the catalyst that sparked so many people flocking to her story to learn more about how she's dealt with miscarriage, how she's dealt with body image issues, and overcoming all that to just live a healthier, happier life. So I'm so honored that Jenna's here to share her story. We're going to dig into that about how her body image issues started, how she's dealt with miscarriage, and really at the end of the day, how she's found joy and balance in it all. So Jenna's going to be on the show, but before she comes on, I just want to remind you that if you have yet to rate and review the podcast, I would love it if you would just take one minute out of your day to head on over to iTunes at simplerootswellness.com backslash review, or just find me at Simple Radio on iTunes and leave your honest feedback. This feedback means the world to me. I read every single comment. I take into account what you're loving, what you'd like to see more of, and really form the show based on that feedback. Again, not only does this rating and review help me to better shape the show, but it helps other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about Simple Roots Radio find it and subscribe to it and join this community of like-minded people who are here to make realistic health changes that last. Not some quick fix or diet, although it can be tempting, but really to get to the base of it, to the root of it and to help you live with more joy, more happiness, and in health. So that's what we're here for. Again, to leave your honest feedback, just head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 080, or find me on iTunes at Simple Roots Radio, and leave your feedback. Okay, thank you again for doing that, for listening to me tell you all the time about why you should do that. Really, it does matter. But now, let's get right to the show. Here's Jenna. Welcome to the show, Jenna. It's an honor to have you on. 
Thank you so much. As a fellow podcaster, this is super fun to be on this end of the microphone. I know. Isn't it fun to be on the other end and be like, wow, like it's a whole different world on the other it side. Is. But it either is. way, <laughs> it's so fun. Okay. So you, it's funny that by profession, you're a photographer mm-hmm. and here we are having you on the show because you've become a big influencer online and you've kind of made this transition. I don't want to say transition. You've kind of opened the door to talking about body image and something that I so respect, especially in today's day and world where there's so much shaming and there's, there's so much pressure to be perfect Mm. and to be a certain number. And I still see, and uh, it's kind of my heart's cried why I'm in this business and maybe taking a different spin on nutrition is to help women to recognize that it's not just a numbers game. Like there's something so much more and coming from self-love and kind of accepting your body. And that's really what I want to have you on the show today to talk about because you've done this so eloquently and so genuinely. And that's what I think so many people appreciate. But I want to know, like, what is your story behind body image? Because this didn't just pop up, I'm sure, you know, like, like so many women that there's a story behind this. Oh yes. There is a long story for all of us. And I think the more women that I talk to, the more that I recognize that body image is so intertwined with our life, our experiences, our pain, our stories. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota and I started gymnastics at the age of three and I fell in love with it. And anyone that goes into gymnastics very seriously um, knows that you are committed and your childhood is going to look very different than the average kid. And so I was joining into club gymnastics, which was super expensive. My family had to work at the gym so that I could pursue that dream. Um, and you know, I was the girl who would leave school, ride home on the bus and go right to practice until bedtime. And in the summers we would train for eight hours a day, four days a week. And I loved it. I mean, it was my passion, but With that, um, my body's growth was stunted. Um, I wasn't developing like other girls. And so when I broke my ankle, when I was about 14, 15 years old, um, I had, I was forced to take time away from the gym and it was like my body was playing catch up. And so all of a sudden I got boobs, I got (laughs) hips, I got a booty, I got thighs and it all just kind of hit at one time. And it was honestly really hard um, because obviously when you're running around in a Lycra leotard every day, you're very aware (laughs) of your body. Um, And so with all of that change and that growth, I grew like six, seven inches super fast. Wow. Um, And so it was just a lot of change. And so suddenly after I had healed my injury, I got back and like my feet could touch the ground when I was on the beam and my toes would hit the bars. And I realized like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And so I transitioned and became a diver and stayed in the whole swimsuit leotard region. You were just loving that tight spandex suit. Oh, I hated it at the time. And so I uh, became a collegiate diver. I dove all four years of college. Um, But in that, I was just always so aware of my body and what was doing and what it wasn't doing and what it was capable of. And so 
I've definitely struggled with eating disorders. I've struggled with feeling confident. And as I've kind of grown older, I'm approaching the year of 30. um, I've just realized that body image is something that we are all dealing with. It's very complex. um, And it just kind of hit me that like we have to start putting this out into the world and we have to start talking about it because so many of us are filled with shame or just insecurities that are eating away our potential at living our best lives. Right, right. I mean, you're you're hitting that spot on because it's so intertwined in so many of our stories that it's kind of like taking a new risk and opening up the floodgates for something totally different than what we are. And I feel like so many women are just so trapped in that. Did you feel like that? Like it was so a part of you. And I mean, this oh, is like yeah. my own story. It's like, how do you ever not become that? Like, how have you processed through that? <laughs> it's been messy. I'll tell you. <laughs> as um, everything in life. Yes. So what started to happen to me as my audience started to grow is I started to feel this immense pressure. And I was looking at all of these different bloggers and, you know, other photographers and all this stuff and seeing all of these photoshopped images and knowing as an artist and a creative what was happening to these images and I started to just feel this pressure on myself where I would see photos of myself and be like, I will never share that. I will never Mm. share that. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I started to see how I was looking at myself and the conversations I was having with myself and I hated it. And as a photographer, I photographed so many women, so many brides over the last few years. And I knew how hard it was for me to look at people and see them beautiful mm. and perfect and alive and happy and have them say, oh, look at the way my nose looks or look at my arm. And I was like, all I see is a happy person. Like, how can you not see that? And when I turned that and saw that I was doing the same thing to myself, right. I knew that there was a way deeper problem that had to start being shared. Mm, Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, like you said, like, it's so easy to look at your own flaws, but I love that Mm -hmm. you said, like, all I see is a happy person. And I think people can really see through that, uh, especially on social media, because so many people are putting kind of their best foot forward in a sense Mm -hmm. and really filtering out pictures. Um, And I think that we all see the flaws in that. So like, what, what has helped you develop like a sense of peace with your body? You know, I can tell you this, like I didn't just arrive one day. I didn't Mm, just suddenly mm -hmm. wake up and feel like I love this body. And in fact, I still struggle every single day. And I think that what is so incredible about self-love is that it's a choice and that a lot of times we have to redirect our thoughts. So um, I think we all have that negative conversation in our head every single day. And it takes a ton of power to redirect that energy. And so Uh, My husband and I, we have experienced and suffered through two miscarriages in the last year. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was when I started to feel inspired to talk about it because not only is miscarriage such a taboo subject, but it goes hand in hand with body image and confidence. And I felt and still do feel to this day, like my body failed me. Like Mm. it didn't serve me in the way that it should have. And I questioned everything. I questioned about my years of disordered eating. Was that what caused it? I questioned if it was that mac and cheese that I ate while I was (laughs) pregnant. I questioned if it was the workout I did when I shouldn't have. And I think that all of those questions led me to start opening that 
that discussion up because so much on social media is highlight reels. And I think that highlight reels are lovely and fine and dandy and all of that. But I also think that the real is real and it needs to be seen. And so when we started to have that conversation and started to open that up and say, you know, I am really struggling today and I am really having a hard time with my hormones and I'm having a hard time with the weight that I gained while I was pregnant and I'm having a hard time not being pregnant. Um, it was, it was, that was when the message actually started to become a piece of who I am Mm -hmm. and my brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I look at like going into the new year and all of these hangups we have, I think so much of it is directed by the conversations that we're consuming. And for a lot of us, our entire lives have been consumed with conversations of how to lose the next 10 pounds, how to have better sex, how to get flat abs, how to do all of these things. And we craft this narrative in our head that those are the things that we need. Society Mm. is making income from selling our insecurities. Right. And so I feel like when I look at this new year, I don't want to put a number on it. I don't want to put a label or a size on it. I want to truly invest in being the healthiest me. Mm -hmm. And I think that so much of that is not just the physical, but the mental and the emotional and the spiritual side of me. And that's hard work. Like Mm -hmm. we're stepping into a lot of hard work. Um, And I think that when we look at the years, we want to put all these quantifiable things down, which I think is beautiful and measurable. But at the end of the day, I think that we have to start looking at that deeper work and not just focusing on what we see in the mirror. Um, I just want to give you an amen for that because it is <laughs> so true. Like, I feel like unless we can start wrapping our mind around, and this has been my own battle and kind of where I'm coming to next year, you know, like even being in the health world, like there's so many, it, it, it's such a mindset of do this, not that. And when you don't do that, then you think you failed and, you know, you kind of throw up your hands and think like, what hope is there? But yes. when when you look at it in the aspect that you're saying, like this whole body component, I feel like it changes maybe your desire or that drive um, and coming from a place of like accepting you. But I think accepting yourself, and I don't want to speak for you, for me, accepting myself has come from accepting myself in my lowest place, like recognizing that lowest place and then trying to move from there. Do you say that too? Like, do you say that you had to go back to that low, that lowest place in your life? And take that. How did you transition from like, okay, here is my rock bottom and now Mm -hmm. I can only move up? Um, I think it looks like avoidance. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I have avoided a lot Mm -hmm. of things for a very long time. And um, now being recognized as somebody who's in on the body positive movement and self-love, it has challenged me so much deeper than to just stick at that surface level because I think it is so easy for us to do and it's safe. Mm. And so I have been working um, with my friend Erin. She founded a business called Raw Beauty Talks. It's incredible um, if you're interested in seeing more self-love. And after our second miscarriage, she reached out and she just said, I feel called to work with you. And 
I know it's going to be hard, but I just feel like this is something that we have to do. And so for the last six weeks, I've gotten on the phone with her every single week. I've pretty much cried every single week on the phone. Um, But we've dug deeper into those feelings of guilt and of shame and of feeling like we're not measuring up and of desiring control and of grief and stories and, and things and experiences that have happened to us that we've just buried buried over the years. And, um, you know, it's been really hard work and almost every single week I want to avoid her phone call yeah, um, because I don't want to go there. I mean, none of us want to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that journey, uh, you know, our first conversation was all about how I wanted to lose 20 pounds. And, and as this conversation has developed over the last few weeks, it's turned into like, I just want to feel energy. I want right. to feel alive. I want to feel like my body is being moved in a way that it desires. I want to feel like I'm fueling myself. And so the narrative has absolutely shifted in a way that would have never happened if we just continued to look at numbers on the scale or the size on our pants or the way that our body looks in images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so often we try to change the external circumstance. And we forget that sometimes like the internal, the the internal being of who we are, like changing that or shifting that perspective or fostering that could create the greatest change in our life. But Mm -hmm. it's so difficult when we live in a world that's so based by external achievement almost. And Mm -hmm. it's like, how do we bring, because I feel like this is a struggle, like you said, across the board. I mean, you've hit a chord with probably nearly every woman alive, right? Like at some level, every woman has felt shame or embarrassment or wishing that something was different, right? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that there's a woman out there who hasn't felt that at some point. And so how do we like, how do we get women to accept that it working internally, maybe just as healing Oh yeah, and even more, like Mm -hmm. even more healing than just focusing on the external because I feel like all we're doing today, like all we're doing for the last 20 years is trying to fix something that maybe it can only be fixed if we fix the internal. How have you seen that positively from going, I just want to lose 20 pounds to, Mm -hmm. okay, now I just want to feel energized. Like I want to feel Mm -hmm. like yourself again, I'm sure. So we can dive into a little bit of the health stuff because I have been really on this exploration journey after our second loss, um, I wanted answers. Mm -hmm. And I think as somebody who's a businesswoman, who's driven, who loves results, um, having that unknown was so, I mean, it consumed me. It, Mm -hmm. It broke me in so many ways because I just wanted to know why, why was this happening? And Um, for anyone that's been through a miscarriage, I mean, one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage. So, so many women have walked this and, and just like body image, there's so much shame in that. And so I started to seek answers and I didn't like some of the answers that I was finding. And what was incredible is I hired a naturopathic fertility doctor, um, and we just started doing tests. And what we were finding is that my cortisol levels were so high. They were Mm. so high and they were tanking. And, So every day I would wake up and I would eat and I would go to CrossFit and I'd come home and just be exhausted and I would crash every day. And I, I didn't understand that taking daily naps was not normal. Like needing Mm -hmm. a nap every single day was like a necessity for me. And I was developing anxiety around doing regular life things because I was so 
tired all the time. I felt like I was a walking case of mono. And so when we started to dig into cortisol, obviously stress is a huge thing and you can't change the level of stress on your life, but you can change the way that you manage it. Right. And so it goes right back to that hard work. And what we also found was a gluten intolerance, which is a whole nother story. Um, but I really had to focus on that inner work of, um, you know, healing adrenal fatigue and working on leaky gut and lowering my cortisol. And it, it took a lot of life changes, a lot of lifestyle changes, but it also took a lot of mindset changes. And I think that what has been so incredible over the last year and, and what I praise God for is I would have never done any of this work had that pregnancy been successful. Mm. And, and as much as I want that baby and as much as I love that baby, Baby, um, maybe that baby came for me to dig into this work that needed to be done. And so, you know, there, it was hard for me to understand, like as a woman who was working out and doing crazy aggressive workouts five days a week, yet the needle would never move. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what I did differently, it was hard to understand that, you know, maybe just going on a walk today is going to be enough mm -hmm. and it's going to help my mental state and it's going to help me get fresh air and the endorphins. And so it was so much work, both physical and mental, um, to understand that in order for my body to lose weight, I honestly have to change the way that I'm working out, change the way that I'm eating. Um, and that totally shifted the way that I look at my body in terms of fuel and in terms of movement. Right. And like you said, it's so many of us live strapped to this thought that it's kind of like that all or none or that, um, you know, like where you're saying, like, it's it work harder, push our body, beat our body into submission. But like you're mm -hmm. saying, like, you're really getting back to self-love. So yeah. like <laughs> transitioning through this journey, can you define what self-love means to you? And some ways that you foster that into your life, like the ways that you took it from how you used to live to what you know now. Mm -hmm. So I think that for me, self-love is like honoring that light within me um, and looking at myself the way that my creator sees me. Mm -hmm. And I think that I learned that from being a photographer um, and seeing how beautiful people are, yet how critical they can be. And there was a story that, that really hit me. I was, I was teaching at a workshop. Uh, one of the other speakers brought her daughter there and her daughter was the cutest little girl. She had all of these freckles, super crooked teeth, red hair. Um, she was just this vivacious little girl. And I thought about how we're told all of these things, be thinner, be blonder, you know, have blue eyes, whatever, whatever those things we start to buy into. And I imagine that daughter going up to her mom and saying, mom, you made a mistake on me. I wasn't supposed to be this way. Like when I was knit in your womb, it wasn't the right way. And mm -hmm. that's what we do every single day when we look in the mirror and we don't mm -hmm. allow ourselves to see that beauty. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's totally become this transformation in instead of looking at what do I look like or what do those extra pounds on my body look like? It's how do I feel and how am I impacting the world? And it's hard. I mean, it's so freaking hard. I am a size 10 and I live in a size two world. And as an influencer, there are brands that just refuse to work with me because of my size. And, and it's understanding that 
at the end of the day, it, it starts and it ends with me and the way I feel about myself and that other people's desire or inability to see worth in me does not equal what mm-hmm. my worth is. And it's funny as being noted as somebody who's leading this charge, because I feel like I struggle just as much, if not more as the average female. And so I feel like I am just this leader that's just stepping out imperfectly and saying, I'm here and I'm showing up and I don't have it figured out, but I'm going to share that journey as I attempt to learn this with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you said, like, it's just, maybe take showing up. Like maybe it's not a process or a perfect formula, like everywhere else in the world, you know, points to. It's just saying Mm. like, just show up every day. Mm. And so like when we look at just showing up and we take that, do you think like as you've transitioned on this journey, and this is something that I've always questioned and I feel like I get a lot of, um, I think I get a lot of concern about this issue of, okay, you're telling me to love myself. You're telling me to back Mm. off, slow down, you know, like basically against what the world's telling you. How Mm -hmm. do you like, where's that line between self-love creates motivation versus self-love just creates laziness, you know, like that. And I don't want to use the word laziness because that sounds really bad, but that that's a fear of so many women is like, okay, if I'm going to listen to my body, well, that means like I can almost enable myself not to make change. Have you felt like though, as you've gone on this, and I try to encourage that self-love, if you really are doing it, should equate to motivation Mm-hmm. to just continuing on to want to know more. Do you feel like that's been the case or have you struggled with that that fine oh, line in there too? I have absolutely struggled. Um, I just got home from speaking at a, an event about self-love with um, you know incredible women who are leading that charge. And we actually had that conversation because you know, at this stage of the game, I am known for my body being curvy. I am known for my body having cellulite, having extra rolls, having extra everything. And, um, and I asked these women, I said, you know, does, does the fact that now you're an influencer in this space make you not want to change because that's what you're known for? And, and trust me when I say we get a lot of criticism, I get, a lot of pushback and and nasty things said about me and my body. Um, and I challenge that thought process so often because I feel like I could still um, settle into my body a little bit more and that like homeostasis for right. me would be a little bit lighter um, and without, you know, putting numbers onto things. But um, what I think has really changed in terms of you know, that, that conversation of like, should I just be content with how my body is? Because that's what people are resonating with, um, is like, what does my body need? Like, this is my home. And I think for so long, I punished my body with workouts. I punished Mm -hmm. and rewarded my body with food. And so I think that now I wake up and just ask myself, like, what does my body need today? Um, whether it's, you know, stepping away from the computer and doing a few sun salutations, or going on an hour long walk in the middle of the day um, and and honoring that. And Mm. so I think that when we can learn to 
honor our body. I think at the end of the day, our bodies are just waiting for us to come home. And I think that that can be the hardest and the most rewarding journey of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that it's this really delicate balance because you can be content and still seek change. Mm. And I think that learning what that feels like and understanding that both of those things and behaviors and dreams can coexist is where the true power lies. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. That's so powerful when you can connect with that. And again, like I want to keep going with that question and we just have Mm -hmm. a couple more questions, but like you have a successful business as well. And the world also tells you like, not just in body image, but in Mm -hmm. life, hustle, Mm -hmm. work harder, keep going, like don't break kind of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Has this changed the way that you not only do your health, but just life and your business as well? Or like, what's that balance between hustle and success? Mm -hmm. So it's so funny. Um, Yesterday, I got upgraded to first class, which I just think is hilarious. I just I fly all of the time. And so I look around and it's all men in business suits with their heads down on their Mm -hmm. computers, feverishly sending off that last email. Um, feeling very important. And I think feeling important is a beautiful thing, but also understanding that no one needs you in this moment is a very beautiful thing in life. And I I laughed because here I had rolled out of bed. I was in my yoga pants. I had my Kindle. I was reading a book for fun. Um, and I, and there was a piece of me that said, you are just as successful, if not more successful than these men sitting next to you um, to honor that worth. And you know, I run a multi-million dollar company that I founded and there is that pressure, that desire, that that discontentment within me to continue to grow. But I think that when I was derailed by grief over the last year and realizing that I don't have control over everything, I think it really made me stop glorifying busy, stop glorifying the hustle and ask myself, like, what, what do I want this life to mm. look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, in that I learned so much that I was coveting money more than I was coveting my time, that I was placing more value on dollars than I was on minutes. And, um, you know, being hit with grief and, you know, not wanting to get out of bed and realizing like this Instagram post does not matter. This email does not matter. Like none of this matters in this moment and, and being sidelined unintentionally, Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really taught me to, to take care of myself and to take that time. And, and I can truthfully say I've never had more balance in my life or in my business. My husband and I took two full months off this year, um, to, to rest. And Mm. I think that we forget what rest even Mm -hmm. is. We forget what it looks like. And, and as somebody who genuinely loves what I do, I love to wake up in the morning. I love Mondays. I think Mondays are awesome. Um, I It's hard and it's, it's hard to find that balance, but our bodies crave balance just like our lives do. And understanding um, that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, that you can um, have a slower start to your morning and be just as efficient, that you deserve to read books just for fun and not for work, that Mm -hmm. you um, can honor the fact that you can have an afternoon lunch with your girlfriends and then get back to work. Um, Really seeking that. And I think that balance is a unicorn, but it's um, a unicorn I continue to chase. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, 
nothing in your life is ever going to be balanced because you will always be in greater pursuit of something, Mm -hmm. whether that is your health, whether that is your career, whether that's your marriage or relationships. And so you just have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in that. But that doesn't mean that you need to stop pursuing that. Right, right. Totally. I heard a quote the other day that said, like, balance does not have exact coordinates. It's what it means to you. And I was like, it's just so true. Um, because we just have to be willing to ebb and flow with life. And like you said, so much can change in a year and even looking forward to the new year. Um, so talking to the Jenna, you know, who just started her business because people see you now, right? Successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling like really empowered by self-love. And, and like you said, like you, it's still a daily struggle, but Talking to the Jenna, I don't know how long ago exactly you started your business. How long ago was it? I sh- six years. Six years. I knew it was like five yeah. or six years. Yeah. What would you tell that Jenna? Like, what would you tell that Jenna knowing today where you are and all you've been through? Yeah. I mean, I think it would just start with worthiness. You are worthy. Um, I think that so many times we have so many limiting beliefs in our life and we create these glass ceilings for what our potential what we believe our potential to be. Um, and I think that when I when I look back at the younger version of me, I was always that woman who said, when I lose 10 pounds, when mm. I fit into a size eight, when um, you know my skin isn't broken out, when my boobs are perkier, I don't know, all those <laughs> things. I would say like, when that happens, I will be happy. And I believed that. I, I truly believed that for so long. And I was internally robbing myself of just being joyful then. Right. And I think that those messages still happen in our lives that we still put boundaries on what that can look like. And I never felt like I would be a woman that could have the world's eyes on her. When I sat on a panel in front of hundreds of women talking about self-love the other day, I had to look and say, how did this even happen? (laughs) This wasn't a part of my plan. I was the last person to do this because it's been the biggest struggle for me. And I think that so often our struggles are those things that we crave to hide, that we are We are so ashamed of that. We are so uncertain of. And I think that what I've learned so much is that our struggles can be the best connectors in life. Because when you can say, me too, you suddenly have this deep, deep resonating acceptance of someone else for who they are. And you understand them in a whole new light. And so I think that if I could just look back, I would say you are worthy. You are worthy of success. You are worthy at making money. You are worthy at leading change. You are worthy just as you are. Um, And I think that that self-worth piece is often missing and it's often limiting us from actually pursuing the things that we feel called to do. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I love it. Okay. And you mentioned something. This is going to be my last question before we get into some quick fire, but you mentioned something in there talking about joy. How do you, in the midst of all of this and your miscarriages and Mm -hmm. struggling through this, how do you find joy? (laughs) You know, I think my greatest life's lesson over this last year is learning that joy and grief can share the same space, Mm, that they are not mutually exclusive and that they can coexist. And 
after our second loss, I ran. I I buried myself into work. Two days after I had surgery, I jumped on a plane for work um, because I wasn't ready to process. I didn't want to believe that it happened again. And it was months after our loss where I, I knew that I was hitting this breaking point where I had to face it. I had to face that demon. I had to look it square in the eye. And uh, Drew and I, we have a, a holiday home in Hawaii. And so we booked a three-week trip out there where I wasn't working and I was working on myself. And that trip changed everything for me because there was a moment where we were just laying in bed. It was the middle of the day. And I looked at him and I said, I'm happy. And I hadn't allowed myself to say that in months mm. um, because I didn't believe that I, I could be. And while there were so many pieces of me that wished things were different, I also acknowledged that I could still be content and that I could still be happy. And um, that trip changed things because I think so often we're running. We're just we're running from the things that we're afraid to face and really understanding that, you know, nothing in our life is mutually exclusive. Um, everything can coexist and, and welcoming and creating room and space within me to allow that to happen. There are days where I'm just crippled with sorrow. Um, but at the same time, I can recognize that there is so much good happening in my life. Mm. And, you know, looking back through our losses, like we have been so challenged to live harder, to love better, to share the struggle and really make sure that our our lives online are not just highlight reels, but they're actually real. Um, and I just believe that we are living out our legacy every day. And social media is not just marketing, it's our story. And, and I always think that someday when we have children, when we're blessed to have children, that they're going to look through and they're going to read that and they're going to know that if they're struggling with something, that like mom and dad are not superheroes. Like we went through this too and we've walked this. And I think that when you create that space for brokenness and say that your brokenness is welcome, um, you create so much deeper of an impact on the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good, Jenna. So good. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Okay. So uh, it's hard to switch over to the quick fire from some of this deep stuff Let's that we're talking it. about. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's the first thing you do in the morning? And I say for health, but I want to say the whole scope of just like for you, like for you. I start with gratitude every day. Um, I used to be that girl that jumped out of bed with the alarm clock going off and got right to work. And now I, I with my cortisol levels, I'm doing slow mornings. <laughs> and so I stay in bed. I cuddle my husband. I don't sleep with my phone in my bedroom. Um, and I read a devotional in the morning and just start out with gratitude. And then I, I hit a few sun salutations and I ease into that morning. So that's oh, what I that's do. That's perfect. I have gone through health struggles in the last few years as well. And I've had to learn to do that. And I mm -hmm. can't imagine, Art. I can't imagine going back to just jumping up and rush, 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 rush. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, so it's so taxing. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just as productive, if not more productive, you know, like I Absolutely. used to think like, I don't, I don't have time to do that, but now I'm like, wait, you don't have time not to do that. So I oh, just my slow morning down. routine is long. It's like an hour now, and it used to be about five minutes. <laughs> right. Um, but it's like I can't, I can't start my morning with consuming other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I have to start it with like consuming my own, and that changed everything. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so good. Okay, what's your favorite book? Yeah, I know you're so reading for fun now. Yeah, but I can share. I do have a good health book. Okay. Um, it's called Love Yourself, Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Oh, I and it, it is. 
amazing. Um, it is all about your mindset and, um, just the way that you treat yourself and your body and those conversations that you have. And so, um, I highly recommend it. Somebody sent it to me after my first miscarriage and it's a book that I continue to go back to just because we all need to be very aware of those conversations and dialogues that we're Mm -hmm. having with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'll have to check that one out. Sounds so good. What's the food, one food you couldn't live without? Okay, so everyone knows me for mac and cheese, yeah. <laughs> and now that I cannot eat gluten, um, we found this incredible lentil mac and cheese that is fantastic. What brand is it? Oh gosh, I'll have to I'll have to look, and oh, you can right. put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, it's really good though. Yeah, we're a gluten free family too, and I feel like macaroni, like just noodles in general. We have my kids are pretty picky on them, and and myself, like the sogginess of them. I mean, you have yes. to find a good noodle in oh, order to make found, it legit. You found it. You no. found it. Okay. We'll have to get that. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think that the best piece of advice I've ever received is just truly being yourself and honoring what makes you different. I think there are so many ways that we are feeling this tug to be different and to be just like everyone else. But I feel like I would have never found success if I would have gone the path that everyone else has gone. Mm. So if the path is well lit, it's likely not your path. Um, so, you know, you got to forge your own trail, which I think is awesome. Uh, yeah. And think what the world would be like if we all did that. Like if we all just stepped into ourselves. So amazing. Yes. Yes. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you could leave us with? I would say honor yourself and honor your story. Um, Everyone has been through some really hard things. And while those things are a piece of your story, they're not the full story. And so when we can start to allow ourselves to do that deep inner work and start to process through those things and learn from those things, um, maybe even share about those things. That is when we can really pursue freedom in a way that allows us to just live a louder, bolder, more Mm -hmm. joy-filled life. And I think that really understanding how we can start to connect ourselves with our struggles um, creates and facilitates some of the most amazing conversations just like this one. Um, But it also helps other people be able to say me too. And I think there's nothing better than feeling like you're not alone. Mm, Yeah. Jenna, it's been such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I love your mission. Um, I know that this podcast is, is going to change so many women's lives, including myself, and such great advice that we can live with, especially starting out a new year. So thank you so much for being on. Before we go, tell us where we can find more about you. I'll make sure and link this all up in the show notes, though, too. So, um, But if you want to give a quick shout out about where they can go and click and find more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much everything in my life is under Jenna Kutcher. So spelled just like Ashton. I wish we were related. We're not. Um, so jennacutcher.com on Instagram at Jenna Kutcher. And then I also have a podcast, the Goal Digger podcast. Um, and I love just sharing business tips in real life and um, awesome interviews with incredible women. So you can find all of the things at our mothership, which is jennacutcher.com. Perfect. I hope you love that show as much as I did. I just love getting to know people and their story and helping to understand that everyone has a story. Everyone has background. Everyone dealing with stuff, right? Even though it's a lonely journey, when you're walking through that, I know when you're dealing with the shame and and the pain and wanting to be somewhere where you're not, it's hard and it's lonely and it's a long desert-like place. 
But just know, everyone has a story. We're all going through something, and the best thing that we can do is just love each other well. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. To let go of envy, to let go of wishing that we were someone else, or wishing that we were a different size, to let go of the chase, and just be content with where we are, with where we are. Not stagnant, right? But content and motivated to keep going in a direction that aligns with our body right? Of listening to our body, of respecting our body, of developing that body love, building that foundation for lasting health. That's what we're after. And like I mentioned earlier, this summer, we're going to dig in more to the mindset, to body love, to the foundation and faith, and why that could be your key to success. And the more that I study this, the more that I realize how powerful that aspect is and that we kind of overlook it, right? We jump right to practical things that are easy to grasp with rules, like how much we should eat and what we should eat and how we should exercise. And we just automatically go to this diet and exercise kind of lifestyle. And not to say that that's not important, it is. But we have to get to a place where we desire it and the desiring it changes everything because that changes how we break down food, how we metabolize it, how we use it, how our body stores it. Like so many different things just come from our mindset alone. And I am taking all summer to talk about this with experts, with my own solo shows. We're going to throw in some fun podcasts as well. Like your most embarrassing questions asked. They're coming in. If you have one, please submit your questions about mindset, about faith and spirituality and the health connection behind that or your most embarrassing health question. I want to know it all at alexa at simplerootswellness.com. Just shoot me an email. Let me know. Again, it's going to be so much fun. But in the meantime, until summer hits, we have more information, more podcasts coming up on detoxification, life state residue, um, fertility, and so much more. So hang with me. We have so many good things coming And make sure you head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 080 to get all the information on the show notes, as well as Jenna's favorite things and where to find them. Again, all the information from all the past episodes can always be found in the show notes. There's a lot of great stuff happening over in the blog, including some new recipes. So you may just want to check that out. Anyways, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this week you just take a moment to love on yourself, to be grateful for the things that you have been given for your body and what it's capable of, and that at the end of the day that you can just live with more joy because that's what we're after. Love yourself, love people, love Jesus. That's our story. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to come back here this Friday for a special bonus episode you don't want to miss. See you soon.